MCH Photography Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of my podcast. This time I will be talking to the WRC photographer from Estonia, Janus Re. For those who are new in here, my name is Marian Hitka and I'm myself a sports photographer, mainly for cues on motorsports. As I can't travel right now and there are no events, as everything was either cancelled or postponed due to the COVID-19, I have decided to make a series of interviews with some of my sports photography colleagues from all over the world. Uh, the interviews are broadcasted on my Instagram profile through Instagram Live, so I'm a little bit sorry but about the quality of the audio, which is definitely not perfect, but I hope uh, you can still go for it and listen to it, as, as you will definitely find some great info in there. I do two interviews a week. One is in Czech, as I'm from the Czech Republic, and one is in English. And if you want to be part of it and ask some questions, maybe during the live interview, I do the English one every Thursday at 7 p.m. Central European time on my Instagram profile, which is uh, at mchphotocz. And the Czech one at the same time on Mondays, but uh, I guess you won't understand uh, anything. As I mentioned, my guest for this interview is Janus Rey, who has been one of the leading WRC photographers, covering all the events for about seven years, working for Red Bull and the series promoter. We will be talking a lot about WRC. Janus is well known about the amount uh, for the amount of uh, equipment that he uses and that he carries with him. If you if you see him on, out on the stages, you usually meet him with like three or four remote cameras that are set on tripods and his like homemade poles all around the place some additional flashes and uh, so he will be talking a lot about his workflow and uh, before and during the events we will also go through his beginnings as he started photography and when he started to shoot windsurfing at first obviously also about the business side of photography means like what he does to promote himself how he approaches clients and a lot of other stuff so let's go and listen to it and how i hope you will enjoy it Cool. Uh, so how's life? How was the M3, M5 Street? Uh, yeah, it's not it's not easy. I mean, uh, it's good to to slow down a bit, but uh, not for such a long time. And uh, unfortunately, there is not so much to do. Uh, I'm trying to to do something right now, and uh, just waiting for some project to be approved to shoot something. And uh, yeah, I'm just. I'm working on some workshop maybe as well, but uh, yeah, not so much to do. What about you? Yeah, pretty much the same. Uh, I think I'm actually enjoying the moment because uh, before I started shooting photos, I was uh, like a dolly before I was doing uh, windsurfing and I was driving it a lot and uh, all the time away from the home. And then I started shooting photos, same, same story again, all the time away from home. So I think there's... I don't remember a moment when I have been home for two months in a long, in a row. Yeah, me neither. That's so uh... that, that's something, and uh, I enjoy it a bit. But uh, I would like to get out there again. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not used to this. So yeah, it's uh, it was nice for maybe two first weeks, but but yeah, it's getting a little bit more difficult now. But what did you say? So, yeah, we would start like if you can. If you can try to introduce yourself shortly to someone who might not know you, uh, and then uh, we start with some questions that I have prepared. All right. Um, I'm Janusz Ray. I'm uh, based in Estonia, and 
I'm a professional photographer. And um, my road started as a photographer, I think it was 2007. And um, it started because I had an accident with the windsurfing. I got my foot and I was not able to uh, compete anymore. Okay. So, but as I was still uh, um, on the tour, then I just grabbed the camera and I started shooting photos. So I, I basically remember one event when uh, I was not able to windsurf and I went to the organizer and said, hey, I'm representing some uh, made up uh, newspaper in Estonia and I would like to get uh, get to the boat, boat to shoot some photos. Okay. And uh, yeah, they fed me and they took me to the best places to see the race and so on and I enjoyed it. At first I was looking to competition, but in the end I was more focused about shooting the photos. And uh, yeah, it went like that maybe a month or two. And then my friends started saying that, hey, you're a little bit better off shooting photos than competing. So <laughs> yeah, maybe you should do that instead. Cool. Um, so I guess that was the, the journey to sports photography as well that you started because you were doing the sport and you were not able to do it. So you jumped into sports photography and not any other photography. Yeah. But what was the journey from windsurfing to, to the WRC? Did you go to some, did you usually go to any rally events or was it like before you got into WRC or what was the, uh, so, um, why did you decide after, to do WRC? So as I was uh, doing semi-professional windsurfing, then I also, had to do lots of other sports like uh, cycling, running. Uh, I've done some triathlons when I was a little bit lighter and so on. And uh, that made me connect with other sports a lot. Okay. Like, I was sh uh, like after windsurfing, I started shooting a lot of uh, mountain biking and cycling, also swimming, running, other sports. And uh, from there, I started to notice that I started to do take one one element from one sport, put it to another and uh, adjust it and so on and so on. And uh, I wanted to try rally. Unfortunately, some friends of mine were starting to organize Rally Estonia. Mm -hmm. Back then it was, uh, it was not such a big event, but uh, the organizers had uh, big ideas in their mind. So uh, first rally I did, I was so bad at the logistics. I was so bad at basically everything, but uh, somehow they kept ha having me around. So after like, I think fifth or sixth year uh, doing a job for them, they said that, okay, at fir after first day, we were holding our heads and saying that, oh, why did we hire this guy? <laughs> okay. So yeah, um, it's as of by then I was shooting lots of other sports already, then rally was something really different. So you, you also studied photography, right? Uh, yeah. You... So in 2009, I enrolled at Estonian uh, University of Arts. And uh, yeah, I started to study, I studied photography as an art form. Mm -hmm. It was, um, how to say, uh, their uh, approach to photography is way different than uh, the one that we are usually used to. Mm -hmm. Like, um, they're uh, more focusing on the picture language and ethics of the photography. 
and so on. And uh, I think I gained lots of them, especially, I think the best best thing about it was our little group and uh, we develop, develop ourselves within the group a lot. Mm -hmm. okay, so, do, so do you think that helps you a lot in your career later on? So, I think so, yeah, because uh, I'm looking, uh, although it might seem that I'm really technical about the photos, mm -hmm. then I'm actually trying to look as much as possible for the story as well. Sure. But at one point I learned that there's like, uh, you can't have both. Like some of the best pictures actually what tell the story are out of focus, blurry, wrong exposure and so on. Mm -hmm. But you look at the photo and you keep looking at it for 20 minutes. And so when you sign up like, for the studies, was it, was it the plan to, to make a living out of photography or you just went there because uh, you, you love photography and I don't know, you didn't know what, what else you would go for. So you just choose photography well, and wait, what, what, what's going to happen? When I started to study photography, I was already a professional. So I was earning my money from there. It wasn't lots of money, but uh, something at least. Mm -hmm. So did you, did you, when you started, did you always use digital or issue any analog or what? So uh, during the school years, that first year, we were not allowed uh, to shoot any digital for yeah. our uh, school projects. Mm -hmm. So yeah, from that time, I started to love analog photography mm -hmm. and uh, I still, I still love that. I'm, uh, I'm still carrying around a uh, film camera. Mm -hmm. And uh, whenever I have time, I will try to shoot with it. Oh, okay. Cool. So did you so, take anything from it? Do you think, is there anything that you might have an advantage of? Because you you were shooting analog or you were, uh, you needed to, you, you must have shot analog in the school compared to someone who just shot digital or do you think there's a big difference or did it make any difference for you how to, you know? I think it makes lots of uh, lots of difference. Even now, when I take uh, analog, has something uh, some, something special in it. Mm -hmm. You take the camera and you instantly start to think. When you when you take a digital camera, then you start to uh, how to say test. Mm -hmm. You make one photo look look how it looks like. Then you take another one look how it looks like. When you take analog, then you start to think how it looks like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. You put more like uh, thinking process into it, and I think you can benefit from that. Mm -hmm. So we are going to jump into WRC right now. It's going to be quite uh, quite some time, I guess. Uh, so, what's your usual workflow at WRC? And I will try to uh, if you can talk about it, like before before the event starts. Like uh, when do you usually arrive to uh, so, event. uh what, what do you do before like all the recce and uh, how do you choose the places and then what what do you do during the rally like how early you go to the stages or what all so, do you to get ready i think it's pretty much for you actually same um i start to focus on the rally like uh, maybe a week before even even the flight mm -hmm. i look through the all the other photos uh from past year look look through all the other photographers' works from past years, because mm -hmm. mostly I don't want to copy them. And uh, I would like to know how the sun looks like in specific spots and uh, what the cars are doing there. 
then I look at the onboards uh, from the places that I think might work good. Look at the light, look through where they are going, what time they are going. So I have like uh, pre pre planned ideas already for the recce. Mm -hmm. And when I go to the recce, then I already look what to I know a little bit what to look for. But usually I change everything on the last minute. <laughs> <laughs> but I still have knowledge and I still have some kind of plans. Okay, and then during the rally, hey, uh, what time do you usually go to stations? Like, hey, how long before it actually says? I, I, I guess it, it's different from rally to rally, but what, what, I, I have a rule. Doing, I have a rule that one hour before the start of the stage, I need to start preparing. Okay. So, uh, and for that, it usually makes sense for me to drive into the stage. So it's usually about two hours before I need to enter the stage. And uh, so driving is usually one hour, so about three, four hours before the before the start of the stage. Okay. I start from the hotel. And do you have, like, when you make that plan, do you have any backup plans just in case anything goes wrong or, like, I mean, there could be a lot of traffic somewhere, or like anything happens, so you can't get out of the stage or whatever. Do you have, do you have any B plan in case not everything is going in the way that you expect it? I usually take like uh, thirty or forty minutes, uh, just if something happens. When I get a puncture, when I get uh, uh, pulled pulled over by police, when I get in trouble with the marshals and uh, other stuff. So it's usually prepared into my timing. Okay. So if everything goes right, then we'll just sleep for 40 minutes in the car. But uh, if if it doesn't go well, then I have still 40 minutes. Yeah, but then, and then, like, during the day, I mean, obviously you can plan everything, like, before, like, the first stage, but then if you have a plan to go to another, another, and anything goes wrong, or you just... Then I just uh, try to make most out of it. Yeah. Do some road section, do some portraits. Uh, there's plenty of options which uh, doesn't involve actually a traffic or uh, or getting stuck somewhere. Okay. Well, what is the amount of the photos that you usually need to deliver from the event? Um, so it's about two or three hundred pictures per event. Okay. Uh, Makes about sixty per day or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So and what and what about the post processing? How long? How much time do you normally spend on like either downloaded, editing, making the selection? Or by the way, so if you do three hundred, what's the amount that you usually actually take at the event before you make there's, it? There's not not much more actually. There's like okay, maybe four or five hundred. Mm -hmm. Plus the testing photos, but uh, on most of the cases, uh, I think through and I will push the button only once. Okay. Uh, and and so do you do do you do anything like during the day, or do you need to deliver anything during the day, or is it just like at the end of the day in the evening when you get back either to media center, hotel, or anything, you just sit and work on it, or if there's a time you you download it and try to deliver the pictures as, uh, as fast as possible. So whenever there's a time gap in during the day, then I will try to edit something during the day because uh, for me, it's uh, it's a time for sleep. Let's <laughs> say if I'm able to edit something during the day, 
then I get to sleep that much more during the night. Okay. Because yeah, usually the editing and everything goes until 11, 12 o'clock by night and you need to wake up at five. So if you do that five, five days in a row and don't eat enough, don't sleep enough, uh, don't drink enough, then uh, by Sunday, you're usually quite wasted. I'm not able to imagine how you guys in, are doing that in Dakar. <laughs> I think it would be actually it would be a funny movie to make, like all the Dakar employees after, like on the last day of the race. How sane is the dog? <laughs> yeah, no, it's like to be honest, I, I, I don't even know how how we do it, and it's just like I, I normally need to need to sleep a lot when I'm back at home, like right now. But like I, I can't really wake up earlier than. 8.30 or something like that, but, but I don't need to. Uh, but, and, and it always happening, like even, even before the Taka, when the Taka is approaching, I'm just like think, thinking like, like how the hell I'm gonna, uh, you know, sleep three, four hours a day and, and, and drive that many kilometers and do that in like two, three weeks in a row. But then when you get there, I don't know, it's just, it's just you don't really think about it. You know, you know you need to do it. It's, Obviously, there's a lot of adrenaline as well and everything, so it just all comes together. And and at the end, yeah, then then you sleep one day after the event, and then and then it's okay. But I don't even know how it's. I would not be able to to do it anywhere else, I guess. But it's just and obviously you need to love it, you need to enjoy it. That's one thing. And yeah, but otherwise I, don't, I have no idea how it's what's happening over there. Uh, so someone actually asked here, can you imagine, could you ever imagine to cover Dakar? I've been thinking about it a lot. And uh, during my first years of rally, I was always uh, trying to go there and uh, trying to get some work over there. But uh, today I'm more, how to say, getting older and I maybe value a little bit more time at home than uh, I think it would be rather hard to say at home that, uh, hey, I was basically gone for 10 months in a row and uh, now I would be gone one more and then I would do another 10 in a row. <laughs> so, yeah, it would be fun to do it once at least, but uh, it would make my year basically nonstop and I need to rest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, you could have done it this year if you knew. <laughs> If I, if I, actually, yeah, Australia was pretty much over. Of it was still actually uh, Australia was pretty rough event oh. because uh, emotional, mostly emotionally, it's really really hard to see what's happening over there. And when we flew away, it, we were still wasted. Oh. And yeah, yeah, I would have done it, but maybe next year. You never know. Uh, yeah, if it's happening. Oh. However, it is. Uh, if you if you do WRC for seven years now in a row, and the events, or at least at least the countries, I'm not talking about other stages, are not that much different each year. Uh, what's your what's your mindset on like going to the locations? If you would you go to to the location that you've been I don't know four years in a row before, or would you go there? For four years in a row, if you if you know it's good and, and you know there's like a lot of many photographers as well, or, or would you rather try to go go somewhere else? 
There are all these iconic locations, which are pretty much must have, like yeah. uh, the Mickey's Jump in Sardinia, Collins Crest, uh, Sweden, Portugal, uh, Fafa Jump, and so on, where I have to go. I have no choice. I just have to do it because it's uh, dictated by employer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love those spots. They are good and uh, lots of spectators and emotion and shows what the rally is. Um, but at the same time, there are locations which I know that are one of the best during the rally. Let's say the water splash in Mexico shakedown. I've done mm-hmm. it five years, I think uh, five or six years in a row already. And uh, always same way, same time. Pictures are pretty much the same, but I know that is the best water splash during the year. Mm-hmm. And uh, I try to think that way that, uh, how to say, erase my memory after every year. So if that's the best, best spot, then uh, I should go there. Because okay. if I don't do it three years in a row, then the clients start to ask that, hey, this other guy has this and I don't trust yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, so it's, it's a little bit boring, yeah. but every time I go there again, I try to, go, to do something new, some new angle, some new stories. I pretty much know all the spectators over there, so maybe they're willing to do something extra for me and so on. So, yeah, uh, if, you, if you find a like super cool spot like during the recce, but it's like difficult to reach and you would need to sacrifice like the whole day for that do you usually do it or do you need to do some kind of compromises to to get like certain amount of shots and you can't afford to be to be stuck somewhere for the whole day just to get like one if i if i don't have any must-have spots like collins crest or whatever then uh, i usually i usually do those because uh yeah for instance, this year in uh, Monte Carlo, on the last day, there was a spot which demanded seven kilometers of walking uphill. And I thought, that, okay, it's a really good spot, and I pretty much don't have time to do it, but if I would be able to run that seven kilometers with my 20 kilos of backpack and some tripods and so on, then I would be able to do it. Then I didn't think much, then I went and uh, shot the spot, and then I started thinking that something went wrong and uh, I had minus 30 minutes and already the zero cars were starting to pass me. And then, <laughs> I, yeah, then I was sweating, trying to get uphill to get to my car, to get to the podium, which was pretty, pretty necessary. Then uh, for that instance, Michel Mouton picked me up and dropped me off. <laughs> but okay. yeah, if there's a chance to do something, then I usually try it. Okay. If it's worth it. Uh, what's, and what, what's your process of having having the ideas for the photos? Does it come to you when you go to like to the recce or you see the location and you try to find some good spots uh, over there, or do you even plan anything like really before the event, or is there any I, I would say like vision that you have to to get some photos that you want to create? You maybe want to create it like over those seven years and you have never got it, and then you're trying to find the right location. Uh, and the moment to get it. Are there any photos that you'd really like to get and you still did not manage to do it? I think the most plan ever was uh, Monte Carlo in 2017 or 18. The second stage where the, you know, the shot probably with a long, uh, 
long exposure mixed together with the short exposure, the double mm -hmm. exposure from the Lesturnikos. Mm -hmm. I, when I got the Monte Carlo map at home, then I saw the spot, I went there on Google Maps, I looked at it and I know that, okay, we can try something like that here. Mm -hmm. Then, uh, because the idea was completely new and I didn't know if it works or not, I started to try it uh, during the night near in my hometown. So mm -hmm. just regular traffic and uh, same things. I hope those guys, they're still waiting for their speeding tickets probably <laughs> because I use flashes, but uh, I tried the idea at home. And then when I went there, I already knew the settings from what I must use and uh, how it will go. And mm -hmm. it went first uh, wrong with the first cars, but after that it started to work out. And I did it again this year and uh, yeah. It's a good shot and I love the spot. Okay, and so when you were talking, when you said like it did not work with the first car, whatever, do you do you have from the from the clients? Do you need to cover or do you need to deliver like certain amount of photos of each of the driver, or do you just need to do a re report through through the whole ready? I mean, because then you, you can afford to to not to to try to test something and miss few of them. So my uh, my assignment is to cover the rally for a uh, journalist, basically. Mm -hmm. So I need to have uh, first three cars, whatever whatever happens. Okay. And uh, I think it was maybe a year ago in Monte Carlo when I started to try something crazy. And uh, after zero car, I understood that, okay, I don't have the settings yet. I don't have anything yet. And... Uh, then I shot the cars just really plain photo with a flash grade on just to get the photo, just to save myself mm -hmm. and not to, not to try the idea. And when the like WC cars has passed, then I came back to my idea and it took maybe 20 or 20 cars more just to get the idea working. Mm -hmm. And it, the idea was bad. <laughs> <laughs> but I tried and uh, as soon as I understood that it's not going to work this time, then uh, I needed to save myself and get the photo, but uh, actually, like, newspapers, in the end, they need a photo. Mm -hmm. They sometimes don't care about what's on it. The worst thing is not to get a photo of, of at all. No. Uh, that quite, uh, there's quite a lot of photographers in, uh, in WRC, and they actually, they actually already said that you, you would look like even someone else photos, but uh, so uh, I bet you you just watch it either because of the location or or not to not to copy something too much, or, or do you even bother at all about about the other? So you just try to focus on yourself. Um, of course, I like before the events. I tried to look through the galleries of the other photographers and just to see not to copy them uh, one by one. Sometimes, if the idea is. Uh, how to say, idea is good, but maybe the uh, end result is not there yet. Mm -hmm. Then uh, sometimes I try to add uh, some things to make it work, but uh, I try to add enough so it would not be only his idea anymore, because I don't like this copy-pasting. Uh, of course, we do it all the time, because everybody knows in the end how to get what shot, let's say, Fafa Jump in Portugal. Everybody knows where is the exact spot to put their remote cameras and you will get the shot from there. So 
Yeah. Uh, so you carry quite a lot of equipment with you. What's the usually set up for, for WRC event? And what was the record uh, in the amount of equipment you shot with? Uh, I usually have four or five cameras, um, 10 lenses maybe. So two free flashes uh, that takes three, four tripods. Uh, sometimes I I like to build some my own gear to be for some special occasions. So I have sometimes lasers with me if I'm not able to. How uh, to say if I need really precise moment. Let's say if it's a wide angle and the cars are moving past uh, really fast. And you need a car on really like a strip on the right edge of the frame, mm -hmm. then you're not able to release it manually anymore. Then I use lasers sometimes just to get okay. it on the right spot. Then uh, let's say my bolting uh, started from uh, uh, attaching a camera to windsurfing mast. So mm -hmm. the idea come from there. So that again yet. Uh, so yeah. What was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just about the usual usual setup at WRC, and uh, what was the my, uh, what was the record in the in the amount of the equipment that you you shot one event with? Maybe so in my trolley about forty kilos, fifty kilos, and on my backpack maybe twenty kilos. That's a regular. Uh, so what cameras are you currently using? What, what... Um, mostly Nikon eight fifty. Okay. The reason for that is I, I shoot lots of remote and uh, it's easy to crop. Oh. Okay. Uh, and also they're uh, good to use with a uh, app. So when you have four or five cameras, you, you're not able to cover them all in uh, two minutes. You can have the photos downloaded on your phone and just swipe it through once in a while to see what the remotes are doing. Uh, how many how many cameras or lenses are I mean the, the whole equipment how uh, how much do you do destroy during the season how many cameras do you need to need to buy each season I mean, knocking on knocking on the table uh, <laughs> usually it has been uh, one body and uh, three maybe three lenses per year okay that's not that, that many I would say even more when you when I see sometimes where it's been to. So. That's uh, okay. Uh, so you you take a lot of photos. You already talked about it with with remotes. Uh, what is the workflow for you over there? What transmission do you use? And do you have the transmitter on your on your camera? Do you shoot on with, or do you do you have it in in your hand and and shoot it manually? Are you even talking about the lasers, or does it happen often that you do not have the photo because it was not working properly? Um, I have been using the remotes for a long time now. Um, mostly I use pocket wizards because they're really reliable until there's a bad weather. Let's say in Wales, you, you can kill them really easy. Um, to make it work, I took them to electronics shop and uh, let them covered with a layer of uh, plastic to make it more weather resistant. So I think pocket wizard is the best way to go. 
besides that, I have uh, it doesn't work anymore. But I used to have uh, how to say like uh, ability to call my uh, camera, and when I called and pressed the button, it started working. I used that in uh, Rallycross when I put the camera really far away. Mm -hmm. I was just calling the camera and pressing the number on a exact point. So with the sound, it started to work. Okay. And there was uh, not enough coverage, but the yeah, coverage with a with a pocket wizards are pain in us or whatever radio triggers. There's always something that is uh, not working and can be bad. But you uh, usually have it in your hand and shoot it from your hand, yeah. right? Yeah, oh. because uh, when I put it on next to my camera, then it usually gives a little bit of delay. And uh, if I have it on a hand, then I can uh, press it on the exact moment. Mm -hmm. Do you use them by hand or how do you do it? Once again? How are you doing it? Yeah, it depends. I was trying both, but uh, but actually, as you said, it gets a little bit delayed. And, and then I think it's just by matter of time when you get used to it, that you, uh, and you can even shoot with the camera and hold it next to the yeah. and then yeah. both. So I guess it's a little bit safer and a little bit, a little bit better to, yeah. To get the shot, so I have seen some guys are using even the foot trigger, mm -hmm. like they use for the bass and uh, for the drum set. Mm -hmm. They just hook that one up with a trigger, and as soon as the car passes, they just push to press the foot mm -hmm. down. Or other way around, they uh, release the foot, and the car, uh, the yeah. camera starts shooting. Okay, it's interesting. Uh, when it comes to lighting, because you, you already said you have like two, three external flashes with you. So what what, what equipment do you use over there? Elinchrom um, mostly. Mm -hmm. I tried lots of others. And also same same story goes for the triggers. Then I was trying to save money and uh, buy the cheapest one and uh, convince myself that it's good enough and so on. And it does the job. But in reality, when I started working with uh, really proper strong flashes and uh, proper triggers, mm -hmm. then uh, my life went so much easier and I could actually focus on uh, doing my job, not uh, focusing how and when the flashes are working or triggers are working and why the camera doesn't work and so on. No. So, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, has the workflow changed over the years? As you, I mean, as you try to have different photos, uh, maybe like different photos inside of photographers. So that's why you came with all the, uh, all the remotes and uh, and flashes or whatever. Or was it is it still the same from the from the beginning for you? Yeah, it's, sadly, it's pretty much the same. I have been trying to figure new stuff up, but uh, it's not so easy. Uh -huh. Basically, uh, with the first first WRC I did, I was using already with uh, high-mounted cameras and uh, flashes and so on. So not, nothing special new, but uh, some little things, maybe I do them a little bit more better. Mm -hmm. So yeah. What I recently started to pick up more is uh, to use analog, but that's, that's uh, nothing new. So that's just whole <laughs> thing coming coming back again and yeah that's that's it even i'm not the only one when i when i took out my uh film camera i think it was in monte carlo then the guy next to me took out like uh 
this full, um, how do you call it, um, uh, Hasselblad, which which has a medium medium format. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, that's not new thing. That's not special. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, then I started shooting a uh, car through his uh, his camera, and the, uh, in the end, it was a cool shot. Oh yeah, that one that he's so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. yeah, that was a good one. Uh, so do do you ever or does it ever happen? Though, do you regret about it? Like overthinking some setups a bit too much that you spend- all, the, all the time. It's always that uh, first ten cars go past the most important ones, and then if those are gone, then I was like, okay, there's way better hangar here. Why didn't I see it before? And uh, this is also a reason why I go on a location like uh, at least one hour before because I just like to sit down and uh, digest it a little bit and think through what I'm going to do and how I will do and explore other spots. But yeah, the best best spots I will usually find straight after uh, WRC cars. And do, you, do you often move around uh, the spot that w- uh, that you are at? So, like trying to get as many different photos as possible, like even yourself moving around or move the cameras and flashes or anything, or there's no time for that? I would say I'm doing it quite badly because I'm always trying to get like, how to say, a little bit better photo from the best angle. So I stay at one spot and I was like, okay, fuck this car. Sorry about the expression. This this car didn't go quite that line yet. I'm trying to get it better with the next one. Okay, that flash was in the wrong spot. I will change it, put it to the next one. And then like, then I just discovered that, hey, I have been standing in the same spot for half an hour. All the photos are the same, and I'm still trying to get something impossible. So uh, yeah, it happens a lot. And uh, one time I even wrote on my on my camera that move bitch <laughs> because uh, I should move more. I know it, but I'm always trying to get the best. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that, I guess you you can't ever get it like right because it would always happen that if you move then then the next one would, would yeah. do well on the spot exactly. that you were at. and and yeah. the other the other way around if you stick to one spot something yeah. happens uh, the one you could have gone to so uh, and also with all the remotes and flashes and everything then i pretty much limit myself with only a few spots no. because if i want to move then i need to change the flashes i need to change everything so I would say that's that's another style, and I'm not doing it. You move a lot. That's more <laughs> for your style. So, yeah, uh, I mean, I, I need to, I need to because I have it from from the Dakar, obviously, because you have one one chance per day. Yeah. If, if you stay at one spot at WSC and you have like you go three stages uh, per day then you can still make a good selection and if you also have like many remote cameras or whatever but if you stand in in the middle of desert where you don't even know where exactly they go through so you can't even set up any remotes because it doesn't make any sense so then then you need to have different shots of of different people and i mean when you when you shoot like a team with five riders who who look exactly the same especially the bikes i mean they look quite the same just you have just a di- different number over there. You can't shoot five of them from the same spot, so it's it's a lot of running, and uh, yeah, that's what I got used to used to there, and and try to do it everywhere basically. But 
don't you get a, like a, like I said before that, hey, okay, this is good angle. It would work a little bit more better if I go a little bit more down. Yeah, and no, then you, you're making the same shot all over again. And all, you don't do that? Or? Sometimes a little bit, but, but I, what I normally do, uh, because I have, I mean, the starting list for the day and, and I need to mark like the clients that I need to shoot. Mm -hmm. And I put like priorities on them as well. And I would say like, uh, I try to, sh I pick up like the best spot around and, and there where I shoot, I would say like the best riders from, from each team. And then I try to plan that for, for the others from the team to not to have them all, all in the same way when it goes to the same person in the team, mm -hmm. I, I try to run somewhere else to take a little bit different shot. And then I would, I would come back for, for, for the same spot that I, that I know at least mm -hmm. I think that it's the best. And uh, I would try to try to make it a little bit different, like in the details to get the, the best shot that I was thinking about. But so it all depends, uh, depends on this. And there's a, mm -hmm. there's a lot of planning and, Obviously, it doesn't go always well because they overtake each other quite a lot, and then you're waiting for someone, and uh, there are some other guys coming. But, but yeah, so you usually choose like the very best spot or like the angle around the spot where I am, and that's the priority for for like the 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 best riders from each team, and then try to move around to to get something different. Uh, what was the, yeah, that, the, what, what did I want to ask? Yeah, uh, you have some series of photos. Uh, when you try to show you some, some local people, such as the one in, you like even, that I put even here in, uh, on Instagram, the one uh, in the sauna or like a few from, from local houses uh, and the shops, uh, whatever. Does it take a lot of effort to, to get to these places and to convince the people to be part of the shots? Uh, actually, not at all. I just go and smile and uh, try to explain what you're going to do, and uh, you can do it. One year, I went to the same house. Uh, uh, not one year, two years in a row, I went to the same house in Mexico. And on the second year, I printed out a photo from first year. And yeah. I put the print on the photo. So, yeah, it, it's fun to do, and it shows the atmosphere. I used to do it a lot uh, before, but now it's uh, how to say uh, it's nothing new anymore. So I'm trying to look another another things to do. Okay, do do you speak like Spanish or anything? How would you approach the the people in Mexico? No, I in Mexico I I don't know. I think just smile and everything kind of. Uh, they understand that you don't want to do any harm and uh, it works out. I don't speak Spanish. I don't speak French, anything. <laughs> uh, so there are quite a lot of photos nowadays that are taken like in between the stages. Uh, as, as the location could be like awesome as well, but for some reason the stage is not there. Do you do that often or so you like say like you don't don't really care if it's on the stage or if it's in between the stages you you take care about like having a good photo or is it something or is it something that you you're not doing and you would like see that and like a cheating or something so my my uh, assignment is to cover the rally 
and uh, part of the rally is actually happening outside from the stages. So if you drive and see all the all the like uh, people outside from the houses taking photos and so on, uh, what I don't do, I never try to hide the fact that I'm on the road section. So if you download my photo from the road section, you will see on the on the caption that it has been made on a road section. So yeah, and usually, usually see other cars there as well, and you understand that that's a road section, and so it's a documentation about uh, rally cars or, or rally. Mm -hmm. uh, and those, like some of those, I would say, like drive along photos that you have, like like shot like from the car uh, when you follow uh, follow follow the rally cars. Is it is it is that anything that you plan or? Yeah. Like, or when you see it, you waiting for this and they know about it uh. yeah i usually plan it before the rally mm -hmm. uh, after the recce usually i see that there's a gap and i can do there's a like uh, usually it's closed uh, closed road mm -hmm. it's not in, in a real traffic and uh, i have been talking with uh, go drivers and drivers about it and they know what i'm gonna do and so mm -hmm. What, what what do you like the most in general about WRC shooting WRC event? Uh, locations, athletes, uh, the engine noise, especially the last years. Mm -hmm. uh, also the quietness before the stages. Uh, waking up early. Um, spectators. Uh, everything. <laughs> Action. Uh, so now, like, let's move from WRC a bit. So, you, you started at windsurfing. It was something that got you into photography. Do you still uh, do you still do that, or even like uh, by yourself, not even shooting it when you get back from WRC? I would like to just go and uh, do that myself. Uh, I haven't been able to do that for a long time because my sail is broken and my fin is uh, twisted and uh, so on. The equipment is not there quite. Mm -hmm. And every time the wind is blowing and I'm thinking about it and I have time for that, then I just remember that, hey, I should have repaired everything. But yeah, it's in my to-do list. About if you mean uh, shooting uh, windsurfing, then... Uh, not yeah. as much as I would like to. The last uh, last serious windsurfing trip uh, for shoot was uh, with uh, Adam and Marco to Lafortens. I think it was two years mm -hmm. ago. We also met again from there. Just getting stuck. In. I'm just. Can you hear me now? Yep, yep, still here. Okay, go. Because uh, it just got stuck for, for a bit, I guess. Still okay? Yep. Okay, because I, I did not see you for, for a bit. I hope it's. Ah, okay. Uh, it was right in slow connection or something like that, or issues with connection. I hope it's working now. Uh, so what else do you usually shoot? And is there anything that you would you would never never shoot? It doesn't mean it doesn't need to be sport, but like 
anything from photography? I don't know if you shoot like weddings or, or something like that, or you just try to focus on sport. Actually, no, I'm trying to shoot everything that I can. Uh, because you will get inspiration from everything, basically. And I think I haven't been shooting weddings. Uh, I think I need to get a little bit older for that. But uh, I think wed shooting wedding is uh, really inspirational and uh, you can look on the same aspects as you look uh, shooting rally. Playing with the light, playing with the scenery, uh -huh. so on. So yeah, maybe in the future. But uh, I have been shooting lots of architecture and uh, I used to do uh, those virtual tours with a 360 head and everything and uh, played around with some, how to say, interactive things. Okay. But uh, yeah, lately I have been focusing only, uh, only sports and uh, mostly motorsports. Cool. Is there, anything, is there anything that you would like to shoot? Any uh, events or any any sport, particularly motorsport? I would like to try one step. It's, it's cutting a lot. Yeah. Okay. Is it better now? Yeah. yeah. Did, did you hear my question about if, if there is anything yeah. that you would like to shoot? Are you here? Can you hear me? Oh, it's cutting. It's, sometimes yeah, no, my connection yeah. is bad. Yeah, no, it should be good. Uh, I think para shooting parachute jumping would be something different than something interesting. Mm -hmm. Then uh, my goal or how to say to-do list from long time has been uh, to do the uh, Cape Horn by sailing boat. And yeah. Um, maybe some uh, some expeditions. I've been doing some something like that my own, but uh, to really shoot some somebody really good at it would be interesting. Uh, and you? I don't know. I mean, I've never I've never really thought about it, and uh, I I wanted to do. A little bit more F1 this year, mm. but it's probably not going to happen. So, uh, I'm still uh, I'm losing you quite a lot. It's all bad. Yeah, I don't know if it's my connection or yours. No, no, I it's think okay. It's yours let me just yeah. switch off the TV, maybe it breaks it down a little bit. <clears throat> All right, maybe it's better now. Okay. Yeah, so I just basically wanted to shoot a little bit more F1 this year. That was, uh, that was like a goal and a plan. Uh, so I went for two events last year and uh, and I enjoyed it quite quite a lot. But I guess it's not gonna it's not gonna happen this year. And and I'm also like trying to to cover a bit more more things. And that's what I what I did last year as well. That like to go for for events that I've never been to. Then uh, that's what I did last year. 
just like F1, Isle of Man, TT, Le Mans 24. These were like the events I wanted to go for and, uh, and I met it in three weeks. Uh, but apart from that, definitely some, yeah, some other sports probably, uh, but nothing particular. Uh, yeah, I hope I, I don't need to, I, I mean, I'm happy, quite happy with what I'm doing right now. So, yeah. uh, and I hope I won't need to, uh, that I won't be forced to, to change it. But if there are any other opportunities for something interesting, I would love to do it, but let's see. But there is nothing that I would like really, really, that I was dreaming about and do. But uh, like uh, you did once this uh, sailing shoot. Can you hear me now? Yeah, but it, it went, you went off a bit again. Yeah, you did once this uh, sailing on Lake Garda, how was that? Uh, you, you asked about the sailing, right? Because yeah. It, it just cut off in the middle. Uh, yeah, it was, it was definitely cool. I mean, it was something different, especially the event. It, uh, because I, I did quite, quite a lot of these events, those catamaran races, but uh, I did like 10 of them in, in uh, like two, three years. But the one at Garda is definitely the best one. And it was, it was really fun to shoot it. And you can you can get a bit into the water as well. It's quite difficult to be honest sometimes because I was just on the on the boat next to it, and, uh, and when it was windy, we were just flying all the time. And so so you are like this with the camera. So after after a few hours, uh, and you, you usually shoot with some bigger lens, so uh, it's uh, it's not easy, but. Yeah, it was definitely it's definitely fun, and I really enjoyed it. It was something different, uh, but I haven't shot it since what, like three years, I guess, because the team of the and Four they they're no longer doing it. So yeah, but it was definitely a cool experience, and it would be cool like to to shoot like Volvo Ocean Race or something actually, because it's quite quite a big adventure, but it just takes quite a long time to. Yeah, uh, I was thinking about it. Part of it, part of it to to do it for like two weeks or something makes it be nice. Uh, I think it's like that's one of the biggest adventures that you can shoot uh, and to be there on the boat. But but like to to cover it all, I think it's uh, it's a little bit too much. Yeah, it's. Um, I think a mutual friend of ours uh, was working on our. Vol Revolution race, mm -hmm. and uh, then I was talking with her, and uh, she said, that, "Okay, yeah, you want to go there? I can uh, bathe some weight." And I was like, "Okay, that's that's kind of like a dream, but at the same time, you understand that's one year out of your life." Yeah. So, yeah, World Ocean think... race has been in my bucket list as well, but the reality is that uh, I'm not so sure if I want to lose one year of my out of my life for that because exactly. there's nothing else yeah exactly uh okay let's it's gonna it's gonna cut off in in like five minutes but we can okay. continue.
continue with the next one, but it just automatically goes off uh, after ah, okay. after an hour. But I can start a start the next one right now. Right. So so just in case it cuts off, and also for the people who who, who are watching it, so it's going to be the next one because then we can. I have still some more questions, and there are quite a lot of questions that people are posting in here. But I just briefly read it. Maybe yeah, like, we... like there's, there's one question that's saying that your connection is worse than mine. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. So maybe we can quickly go through some of these because it, it, it's going to disappear. Uh, when I start a new one, so I just take Yeah, let's do a new one. Uh, hi, are you post-processing your photos? Uh, just contrast, but uh, not, nothing too much, because uh, uh, I'm really not allowed to. They need to be looking like a real documentary photos, basically. I cannot light... Uh, on the spot with my flashes, but I'm not allowed to add it later in post-production. Okay. Have you ever tried co-driver's seat with any of the WRC drivers? Um, I have done it once with uh, Urma Ava mm -hmm. uh, in Estonia, but with an old WRC car. Okay. I think it was is... 10 years ago or 11 years ago now. What is the hardest picture in WRC to make? Hardest? Yeah. Uh, maybe the one in Monte Carlo, mm -hmm. the one with the double exposure. That's, uh, if you want to do it without Photoshop, then it's uh, rather hard to do. Mm -hmm. uh, lots of planning, everything. Um, Besides that, uh, maybe some climbing, uh, some uh, locations where you have to climb, that might be hard, but that's interesting at the same time. That's a challenge, so. Sure. Okay, well, uh, uh, what are your thoughts about mirrorless cameras? Uh, at the moment, the honest answer is I think uh, if I want to use my lens that they are same size and same weight, so yeah, not yet. And yours? Uh, yeah, I've tried it for, for a couple of events and, and actually I like it for, for, some, for some stuff. It's definitely, but I mostly shot it like for the ambience and portraits and like in the service area uh, and not, not that much for, for the action. And that was definitely, that was definitely good. And I mean, you can, you can focus basically like all over the, all over the viewer. Mm. Uh, and the good thing is also that you, you basically see the exposure right away and mm. So it's not about that much, like about testing or anything. And if if it's if the conditions are changing quickly, you you you, you know, you, and you need to react quickly, and you see it right away. So it's uh, it might be helpful, and it's also like a little bit smaller, and and you can put it you can put it to some some places that you might not 
you you can't do it with DSLRs. So yeah, and then the dynamic range and everything was quite quite uh, quite good as well. So I'm happy with that. But I don't have mine yet. Uh, I always just got it for some shoes from from Nikon uh, to test it. And yeah, and then one that seven I had was stolen at the Dakar. So uh, okay. Uh, not sure if they're gonna give me another one. Uh, yeah, by the way, it's, it's definitely, I'm just trying to, trying to get used to it, uh, to, to, so I don't jump to it, like in the future, like one day shoot mm. a lot and then jump to mirrorless. Uh, but, you know, just trying to, trying to get used to it, trying to, trying to see the difference and how I can use it in my work and then maybe slowly. So what what does your what does your photography business consist of? Obviously WRC, or then you see some other sports events like you met quite a lot at WRX. Uh, then you do some other like projects with Red Bull. Is there anything else that that uh, your business consists of? Then you said the architecture, whatever. So yeah, some stu studio work sometimes, some portraits. Uh some commercials, some, uh, some just uh, clothing, fashion, but not much. I would say that, let's say, 60% of my work or maybe 55 is WRC, 20% is Rallycross, and the uh, rest of the jobs are within the rest. Okay. Did you, did you work with Red Bull before you entered WRC, or that, that's what, how it started? Uh, yeah, I did it before. I was shooting a uh, simple session, which is uh, quite big uh, BMX and skateboarding competition mm -hmm. down here in Estonia. I was shooting that, then I did uh, one uh, windsurfing project with Red Bull before. Mm -hmm. We were doing it in Turkey and uh, Canaries. Mm -hmm. It's really quite famous uh, Red Bull windsurfing guys. And uh, also did uh, uh, one event, uh, one kiteboarding event in Cape Town, um, uh, uh, Megaloop or something like it was called. Yeah. Um, yeah, lots of other stuff. Some parkour events, uh, parkour film shoots. I've been doing that a lot. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah, uh, different sports. Okay, and how did it happen? Did they? Did they approach you, or was it something that you wanted to do, and you you, you approached Red Bull to, to start to cooperate with them? Uh, I approached them. Uh, at first, they were not so uh, interested about it, but at one point, uh, when uh, rally started to be a bigger thing for them, then they contacted me again, and uh, we did a test shoot, then we did another test rally. Then we did another test rally and so on and so on until I until I managed to get the whole season from okay. with them. And and so in in general, so do you do you try to approach some new clients that you would try to send a portfolio? Or you would try to do some agency to try to to get your book for something, or or is it is it now so that the clients just go and approach you? from when, like, when they see your work? 
no, no, I, I approach always. Okay. There, there has been some approaches, but uh, not really. I think the biggest pro projects have still uh, come from, uh, it has started from my approaching and uh, maybe later on there has been a cooperation but okay. uh, i think you still need to go and introduce yourself today it's you need to be really famous to get <laughs> contacted or i don't know maybe if you're like really active in instagram which i'm uh, sadly not then maybe you would get some jobs through there uh -huh. maybe that's another market today but uh, yeah i don't know okay so so do you think a photographer can be successful today by just, I mean, like business-wise, uh, by just taking good photos? So you need to, to, give, to be like a good businessman, marketer, and a lot of other things to, to make it, mm -hmm. make living out of it and to be successful. I think uh, taking good, good photos is the smallest part of it. Or what do you think? What's your opinion on it? Uh, I did not hear what were you saying? What's your opinion on it? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's quite, quite a lot, lot of work behind it, and it's not by, it's not about the photos only. I mean, you obviously need to have good photos where you can start with, but uh, but then to to approach the, the the clients and to to approach the people, as you say, you. You usually need to do quite a lot of effort, uh, like before it pays off, and and you need to try to or at least what what I'm trying to do, and I still don't do enough, I would say, like at least like in social media, like uh, I should probably do a bit more, but and that, that's what I like always want to do, like doing the Dakar or whatever. But then once you are there, there's no time for anything, and you're just lucky enough to to sleep five minutes more. Uh, rather than try to go and uh, and post something, so oh, I can probably have some people to to be doing that. Uh, it's another thing, uh, but yeah, there's a lot of things that that I think photographers should do to to be successful and like business wise. You can always take good photos and keep it for yourself if you're happy with that, and if you do it just just like a hobby and you have something else uh, else to do uh, but by the way there's yeah there's quite a lot of things that I try to do not only on the social media but like even during the during the Dakar like Dakar is quite a big thing in Czech Republic like historically and uh, mm -hmm. and I like during the Dakar I even have like a PR guy that uh, that does like interview with me and like the, he's writing actually I would say like some newsletter that he sends out to to like the, the newspapers or whatever and then I, uh, I'm approached by by people for, for some other interviews and um, and I also have like quite many connections if some like in, in some different either either TVs or, or magazines or whatever over the years so and I always need to approach them as well. Just let's try to do a story about this and this because mm. yeah, but it's, it's mainly about Dakar because that's the thing that is really intense. It's like, it's just two weeks. And, uh, and, and as I said, like there's a lot of attention in Czech Republic, I mean, all around the world because there's nothing else usually 
in uh, in January. So it's a good thing to to start with, and and from there I also just you know had some like few cooperations with some brands that uh, that uh, that I represent or whatever. So. But it's it's so many things that you need to put up together to to try to make it work. Uh, also doing some social media for some some other teams. So that we try to try to do a lot of different stuff to to keep it running. And what I have also noticed is that uh, most famous photographers usually are not into photography business. They're just uh, teaching or doing some blogs or something like that. Which yeah. is kind of funny, but yeah, I don't. So like, that, that's the way. Yeah, in that way, I don't know. Just uh, I, I don't know if I have enough like experience or whatever to because like I was thinking about it. Like I don't know what I would actually be telling people uh, because mostly what I do, uh, I do some like talkings when I get back to the Dakar, like. Uh, at a local like photo dealer or whatever, so it's like fifty people probably come in, and I did like a few this year because it's just it's just nice to to talk about a Dakar and about the stories, but it's not really about photography. So I don't know if there's that much that I can I can talk about. I did once I did workshop, which was which was actually quite fun, but I did it for like three days and got some of the Dakar cars and trucks and everything together on some sandy place. I was really enjoying it, but it was not really worth the effort in a, in a business way. It took me mm. quite a lot, of t- a lot of time. It cost a lot of money, uh, like even just to do it. And then people were, yeah, it was, it was really difficult to, to sell it, especially like in here in the Czech Republic, because it was like, I don't know, 600 euros, but people were writing me if I'm, if I'm crazy or whatever, but, and it just went all back to my good relationship with, with the drivers and the teams, because otherwise I was not even like paying the teams because if I should have, if I was covering the, you know, all the costs for, for running the, the cars for like two, three days, it would need to cost a few thousand euros, the, the workshop and, and people were still not happy and still arguing about the price as a, it was fun, but it was it was enough, and uh, I I never did anything else since since that, which was like two years ago. Yeah. I did once uh, once a one, and uh, I thought that okay, I'm gonna give them uh, like the hard like most difficult stuff. At that point, uh, nowadays we have those uh, high speed sync uh, uh, flashes all, all over, but uh, like ten years ago, you needed to have like a serious hack. To, do, to use that. You needed to modify your transmitters, your flashes and so on. So I took this, I teach them that. And after doing that, I teach them how to use a remote camera with it and so on and so on. And uh, until one uh, other photographer just passed by and uh, listened for 10 minutes and said that, hey, Anus, let's talk about maybe the exposures and uh, other stuff. <laughs> so, yeah. At that point, I understood that, okay, I, I would rather do it myself somewhere alone in a forest <laughs> than trying to, like, uh, I'm not the best teacher, at least yet. Yeah. I need yeah. to practice. No, but it's really, I think, 
on the other, you need to, I don't know, look at from the perspective of the people, but it's also about how you want to aim the, like the workshop or anything, like, because there are, I guess, like thousands of people who, who would like to hear about the exposure and stuff like this, but it's so obvious, like for, for yourself, that you don't even, you would not even like think about it to teach it somehow to someone. So, yeah. But let's see. So yeah, the, the other question was, what about you and post media? You said you, you don't probably do enough, but is there, is, is there anything that you, that you enjoy or you just do uh, because it's a part of the business and you, 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 you should do it? Or, and do you, do you get any clients through, through any social media? Did anyone approach you? Uh, I don't get any clients through social media. Mm -hmm. um, I usually do social media when I'm super, a little bit bored. Uh, when I fly, then I usually show where I'm sitting, where sometimes what I'm uh, seeing. Uh, I should do it more. One sponsor of mine uh, asked me if I'm part of that social media, that social media, that social media, that social media, and that one, and would I do this article, this article, this article? And uh, in return, I asked that, can I just take photos, please? <laughs> so, yeah, there's, I think there's, uh, like, like you said before, photography is business, and uh, we to make it uh, work the best, we should have, like, accountant, trip planner, uh, a social media guy, uh, so on and so on. It it should consist like a ten guys to make it work like that. But yeah, I'm just by myself and I'm not able to do everything. So, so and uh, as my my mo bigger jobs are uh, how to say year by year the same, then uh, my clients are the same at the moment. Uh, I don't know after the crisis and everything. Uh, I have been lucky enough that I don't need to search new clients every year. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I can just communicate with them directly and uh, once a while send them an email and go and visit them. I think that works actually way better than uh, posting lots of stuff to social media. But yeah, of course, it's fun as well. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, so do you do everything by yourself, like reaching, reaching out to clients, uh, some contracts and meetings? Uh, and do you like even book everything by yourself when you travel? Yeah. There has been some, uh, some offers from travel companies and some uh, assistants and everything that uh, they can do it. But uh, I think I have enough experience by now that uh, I would prefer to do it my own. Because traveling with a photographic gear and uh, involve uh, different locations and different uh, trips is kind of, I would say, out of the ordinary. And uh, the people who don't do it, they don't understand how to do it, how to organize it. Yeah. At so least it... on first glance. It's definitely possible to teach somebody to do that, but oh. it would cost in the end the money and uh, also there are there will be some failures because of that. So yeah, yeah, I do it by myself. Okay, so do you, do, you, do you need to do or do you do anything special for like when you travel with lo loads of gears? Uh, do you get any, any time into any travels with, with all the equipment that you have with you? Uh, yeah. Do you? 
Uh, just sometimes, but I mean, I, I try to take everything or like all the cameras, lenses, obviously with me on board, which is then the backpack is usually like 20 kilos. But uh, the good thing is that I'm quite tall. So so the backpack doesn't look that big on, uh, oh, okay. on me. <laughs> so, you know, and they, they, they just usually ask like at the check-in. And so you, you only have the backpack and yeah, for sure. And then they would ask someone else, uh, have a much smaller, uh, you know, suitcase uh, to to measure it and everything. But yeah, but but normally I need to say, not probably maybe two or three times in a year, someone would weigh it and say it's too much. But then I always just say that it's only cameras and what should I do? Sometimes you just give some something to someone else, but always try to go around somehow. But yeah, for me, whenever it's possible, I try to take, uh, I use F-stop. So it's possible to take the camera I see you out and cool. I give it to hold somebody, then I do the check-in and put it back in. Yeah. The simil similar story I have uh, from uh, the days when I was windsurfing. I was trying to get from Spain to Tallinn and I had a layover with, with Ryanair and I had a layover in uh, London. In Spain, uh, the, at that time, it was possible to buy like a sports equipment and it didn't uh, specify how many kilos you can uh, have with it. So in Spain, they said that, okay, yeah, go. It's a, it's a windsurfing equipment. It's a check, take it. Then in UK, I had to take my luggage out and put it back in again. And they said that, hey, yeah, okay, you can take it with, but you need to pay like 5,000 euros for that. And, at that time, like uh, 50 euros or 20 euros was like a really large amount for me. <laughs> and uh, I was like, okay, it's not going to happen. Then I argued with them about like three or four hours. Then the guy in the end said that, okay, you see, you see your gear is too big to put, to send in from this place. Go behind the corner, take everything out, come with an empty bag and uh, let's wait it and Afterwards, you can put everything back in again. The clerk of the airport said that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think it's basically the same idea. It's just that somebody else is guarding my stuff. Yeah, sometimes a bit stupid, and then it's just about people don't want to get involved in it. Even if, so, it's just like trying to pretend they don't know, and then just let you go. Uh, the worst thing is to when they ask to have any uh, batteries inside your bag. And I always have the flashes and I'm, sometimes I bother and I tell them that, hey, I have two batteries in them. Then they, they just don't know what to do anymore. It's right. just, they haven't, they usually haven't read the book about which batteries can be uh, on down luggage, which one can be in carry on. And uh, they just go out of, they just don't know what to do. And then uh, all sorts of uh, trouble starts to happen. Yeah, the worst with the batteries is it's in China. I always had like a lot of issues in China with, mm. with the mm -hmm. battery because there they follow, there they know what they should do like precisely and they they con they would control every single battery and they would tell me that I can only have two of these or whatever that, that happened to me. But yeah, yeah. I, once, else. I think once in uh, Paris I had to uh, uh, take the battery element out from the battery and throw it into the, it was the old electron flashes. Uh -huh. 
and uh, the battery was much more simple and I was able to get the element out. I drew the element away and I went to the shop in Turkey and bought the new one. Just because uh, same same story I said to the check-in girl that they have a battery, what should I do now? And she said that, okay, I'm not going to take you on board with it. Uh, do you get a lot of work back at home? And do you think it would be possible to make a living out of photography if you were only shooting in Estonia? Um, hard, but it would be possible. Because most of, like, let's say, if you take also video, then it would be okay. But Ooh. just photography, it's kind of, it would be hard. Of course, newspaper photographers and, uh, they also need to film. So only photography, I would say no. Okay. Uh, what is the best thing that photography has, has, has given you? And is there anything that it has taken from you? Uh, best thing, definitely traveling all around the world, uh, seeing different cultures, different places, uh, experienced a lot, mm -hmm. uh, taken from me. Uh, mm, nothing I can remind at the moment. Ah, so then it's good. Yeah. yeah. The only thing I would say that is taken from me, otherwise, I mean, it's the same, like traveling and meeting people. The second for me is not being at home that much, and uh, that's probably the only the only thing. But but yeah. now I'm arguing about being at home too much. So, uh, yeah. Is your girlfriend already saying that hey, it's uh, it's fun, but can you take some trip around Czech or something? Uh, she just told me a few times that that I should go somewhere, so <laughs> at least for a weekend or something. But. Uh, yeah, so it's probably the only thing, just not being that much at home. But, but I guess it, it goes with everything. Like if, if it's only about photography. If you uh, if you try to be successful, or you need to sacrifice sometimes something, it can happen in time. Uh, what would you do if you were not a photographer? Um, so. Before I actually went to study uh, photography in university, I was uh, flipping a coin. Should I go to study mathematics or photography? Okay. So I think I would uh, work in a bank as an analyst or something like that by now. Okay, sounds fun. Or, or something like that. Oh, different. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have a thing with the numbers and... Uh, like calculations and stuff, so I kind of love that as well. But uh, yeah, maybe in the future. Okay, so I'm just gonna go through these questions that people pose in here. Uh, if if no post processing, how do you manage colors? Should it automatic white balance or some trick? Thanks. I still do minor uh, adjusting, mm -hmm. white balance, contrast, cropping. But uh, I don't, uh, how to say, uh, go outside of the rules of, uh, of uh, uh, editorial photos. Mm -hmm. Is there any country in the world where you can get the best price for a new camera? <laughs> mm, 
maybe uh, they say Hong Kong is cheap, but when I was there, I didn't find anything cheap. Yeah, that's just the same that people are saying about, about Vietnam, and then when I was there, it did not really seem to be there. Yeah. It really depends where, like on, uh, on the shop that you go to. How do you get to the stage? Yourself by rent car, or does the organizer provide you a driver? I would like to see that organizer. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's definitely a rental car. Sometimes uh, on some events we have some uh, some uh, local locals who help us, but mm -hmm. mostly a rental cars. Okay, do you do you, do you travel alone, or do you go, uh, do you go with someone else as well? Uh, depends on the rally. If it's uh, outside of Europe, then uh, I sometimes have somebody with. Mm -hmm. uh, if it's in Europe, then usually I'm alone. Okay. How do you see the role of the sports photographer changing in the next five years? Mm, I think it's uh, the role of the sports photographer is not going to change. It's the only thing that can change is the necessity of the sports photographer in five years <laughs> that in, I think it will be still around everybody uses the photos just to get like a photo and let's say if we, if we are saying that uh, TV or video is taking over then uh, and uh, it's total, totally different mediums and uh, photo is today where it will be after five years I think can you imagine doing a WRC around only shooting the road section? Yes, it's called WRC Corsica. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... I haven't done it, but uh, I was wondering about it. <laughs> because really, I think like 70% I was on the road section. Because going on the stage, you would face uh, not so uh, friendly marshals and... Uh, and uh, basically, the pictures would look more or less the same. Mm -hmm. uh, question for both. Most photogenic favorite size to shoot? Uh, sorry, one. Let me scroll it. This is right down here. Uh, yeah. Right. yeah. Photogenic favorite sites to shoot. Uh, where I have been or where I haven't been. So where I have been, I think, uh, Patagonia and Lofoten. Mm -hmm. uh, where I haven't been, uh, Antarctica and Greenland. Yeah. For me, probably not talking about motorsports. It's like, and that's where I, like, I would say I fell in love with photography was Iceland. And that's when I started to take photos when I was in Iceland for like two months. Uh, Otherwise, from photography, I don't know. I've been to too many places, but uh, obviously, really like desserts, and probably the the most interesting one is the the one in Gobi. The uh, Gobi Desert is, uh, is super nice for photos, and always uh, it's it's like you have like really huge dunes, and in the middle of it, mm. some lakes. And, and green stuff, it's, it's really, it's really amazing. But otherwise, otherwise not sure. Uh, the best 
try and procedure the other transfer takers. Have you had any incidents with them about how to shoot with the drunk spectators? Mm, I've had some, but uh, during that time I had a really good assistant with me and he was really good around with people and uh, uh, there was some uh, some drunken rally fans who like deliberately came in front of my remote cameras sat down and started to watch straight into the lens some really creepy stuff and uh, he just went down and asked that hey like uh, do you like photos and started to talk with them then they started to show them photos and all around he talked with them like five or ten minutes and uh, then he asked that, okay, uh, we are trying to shoot photos here and uh, would you like to look at them next year here? Then they were like, okay, yeah, of course, we'll go away. So yeah, there has been some incidents, but usually they are friendly and happy and uh, just trying to make a joke. But uh, yeah. if you're drunk, then your jokes might be funny just for yourself. Sometimes. <laughs> no. okay. Yeah. Okay, so if anyone has any other questions, so you can post it now. Otherwise, uh, I would like to thank you a lot for for doing this for the interview. I don't know if there were any any questions that I did not see, but I don't think so. That I went through these uh, maybe on the first part, but so I'm sorry if I did not. Scroll it through. No, not really. What is the best advice you were given regarding motorsports photography chase from Portugal? Uh, hmm. mm, just do what you want or keep on doing that. <laughs> do you wreck every road section before the rally? Yes, I do. All of the, all of it. Yeah, because that's, as I said also before, that's a part of rally and uh, sometimes the road section spot does so much more about the rally than uh, possible alternative sto uh, shots in, uh, in the stages. Cool. Okay. And, and so and if there's like the same stage for, for years, would you, would you go and, and do the recce as well or, or just maybe to try to discover something new or you just go for, for the stages or the paths that I knew? When I know that there's a, no chance I'm not being able to go there, then mm -hmm. I don't do it. But if there's a slightest chance that I would be able to make it there, then mm -hmm. I would do it. Let's say like uh, stages are like that uh, in, uh, in Sweden, because I know always that I need to take uh, shoot uh, Mickey's jump mm. and not Mickey's uh, Collins crest. And uh, because of that, uh, I'm not able to make it uh, to the stage before or stage after. So I would know that I'm not, I don't need to break it out. Or uh, let's say one stage, power stage usually. If mm. it's only a run once, then I usually don't need to wreck it because I need to be on a podium. Okay. Have you, have you almost ever been run over by one of the competitor cars? No, I have always been in a safe spot. But my my remote cameras has. <laughs> Almost or, or 
No, but they have been run over. Okay. Come through the chat. <laughs> cool. So, All right. So thank you for the few hours and good luck. <laughs> Thanks. A lot. Yeah. Take take care and uh, hopefully we see each other somewhere yeah. soon. Either WRX, WRC, anything that's happening. I hope there's something happening in 2020. Yeah. Okay. All right. Hope thank to see you, you in uh, Kenya then. Alright, bye. MCH Photography Podcast.